Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. How are you? Wow, we, people, people even in the overflow area. How are you doing over there? It's great. Lovely. And also, I can see you at home online as well. I can't. This isn't like Zoom. I'm sorry, it's not. It is wonderful to be with you. My name's Trey, and I'm part of the family here. And um, whew, um, I don't know about you, but that was an incredible time in the presence of Jesus, wasn't it, when we were worshiping together? Um, there's something so powerful when we step into the awkwardness we always find is awesome, don't we? And um, it, it, it's really powerful to me because I, this morning, I, I want to share with you and... Um, the, the, the word that I have to share with you this morning, I, I honestly think it's one of the most important things I've had to say in years at the church. Maybe one of the most important things I've ever said from this platform. We're, we're talking about returning to what matters the most. We're in a season of returning, and we're looking at a part in the scriptures where the, 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 the people of Israel were returning from exile. They were returning from a time that had devastated everything they'd ever known. A time that had destroyed everything. And, and, um, and, and, when, and actually what I wanted to call this morning was just returning to surrender. But then I found out that was kind of a loaded word here in Northern Ireland. <laughs> it is a loaded word. And to be fair, it's a loaded word where I come from too. Where I grew up in America, that's a part of America that fought in a civil war. <laughs> and we still hold on to that. We still say things like, the South will rise again. No surrender. No surrender. You guys said that too. Am I right? Is that, am I, I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, okay. Surrender is such a loaded word for us, isn't it? And the problem is, is that regardless of our history with that word, regardless of our cultural background or the baggage that we carry of that word, let me make something clear. Surrender, the absolute surrender of our hearts and our lives and our futures and our dreams and everything we are is at the core of what it means to follow Jesus. There's not another message at the bottom of this. This is the, this is the truth. You have, have been deeply loved by God. You are deeply loved by God. And the only appropriate response to love like that is absolute surrender. And the reason that we struggle with that word surrender is when we think of surrendering, we think that we lose, right? Because that's what it happens, right? You wave a white flag and you surrender and you lose everything. But see, in the wonderful upside down kingdom that the love and the resurrection of Jesus has made available to us, the way that we actually win everything is by the absolute surrender of all that we are. It's only when we surrender that we open the door of the blessing of Jesus in our lives. Normally, surrender might be something that we're nervous about, and that, and you know, and we're like, no surrender. But I want to tell you this morning, and I want to make it clear, and I want you to hear it, and I want you to know that it's never been a different truth. It will always be the same truth. The only doorway to absolute freedom and absolute win of the lives that we have, we, we, we so want to see restored by Jesus is the absolute surrender of those lives completely on the altar before him again. The wonderful upside down kingdom favor and blessing that Jesus brings to his resurrection life, it demands the absolute surrender of ours and it's our biggest win. 
And that's at the core today. As we look at this moment, as the people, they're, they're in a return from exile. It is a return from exile. It has been a time when their whole lives have been devastated, everything. And it's a complex part of Jewish history. And it actually doesn't even happen chronologically in your Bible. So if you're reading it in your Bible, it can be confusing. Because the beginning of that and helping us to see the historical part of it is in Ezra and Nehemiah. And that's over near Esther and Job, long before Psalms and Proverbs. And actually, it then gets split up by Haggai, Zechariah, um, and, uh, and Malachi down at the end. And so it's like even, even that complication, you know, and if you look at it, it goes Ezra. And then it goes slightly over for just a minute to Haggai, and then to the prophet Zechariah, then back to Ezra, then to Nehemiah, and then finally to Malachi. And these stories there, and what's going on in those books is it's talking about a people whose lives have been devastated by an unexpected event, and what they want is to have everything return to the way it was before. They want it back They're returning to their old lives. They're returning home. But their country lies in ruins. Their homes are in ruins. Their city lies in piles of rubble. Their temple, the center of their culture, has been destroyed. Their culture is in decimation. And what they want is they want to rebuild. They want to reset. They want to return. And they want everything back the way it was. Now, does that feel familiar at all to any of you? How many times in the past year have you gone, I just want my old life back? I do it every morning. If you have followed this time with me, you will have noticed two things about me. One, my hair does not grow long, it grows wide. (laughs) And we finally got to a point where I went, I just want to go to the barber. And now I'm shaving my own head every morning. I'm not making this up. My wife caught me at it the other morning. She was like, what what is going on in there? And came in and I was like, nothing. You know, just trying to, because it was just getting wider and wider. And you know what I want? I just want to go back to normal. I just want to come to my office and have my interns come in and, and tell me to take them to noodles. It's one of the things that my interns, I like to take my interns out for noodles. I want to get this former intern. My, how you've grown. (laughs) I just want to to, to go into a room and be faced with an impossible problem and begin to pray and then get to lay hands on one another. I want to walk in those doors and see old friends and run over and hug and pat you on the back. I want to sing like I've never wanted to sing. This morning, under my mask, it took every bit of my power. I want the economy to settle down. I want to go to sleep and not lay awake for an hour wondering if my business is going to crash forever this week. I want it all back. And in the middle of that, here's the thing is that we start going, how can I rebuild? Because those signs are coming. It's like along with the sunshine, it's like we're getting a chance to return, aren't we? And it's starting to feel that way. How many of you went to B&Q or to the garden center over the past week? And how many of you went in there like it was going to Oz? (laughs) Hello? But in the midst of this, and really for the midst of those people of Israel in that moment of return, in that moment of rebuilding, that moment where they were trying to rebuild everything that kept them safe and made them feel secure again, suddenly the story of Ezra flips into where the prophet Haggai begins to speak a word from heaven. And that word is, 
It's not an easy word to hear in many ways. And, and, I, and just, just so you know, the, the, the book of Haggai is really short. It's just two chapters. But it has so much profound depth in it. And this is what the prophet says. And I'm reading from Haggai chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltal, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The people say, these people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. But then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, and this is what he said. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house, the temple of God, remains a ruin? And then now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Listen to this. This is devastating. You have planted much, but you've harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. And man, if there's, if there's ever been a passage of scripture that has felt like this past year, it's that passage for me. But what the prophet is sharing, the word of the Lord in that moment isn't <laughs> that that's the future. It's that this is even now, even as you rebuild and restore, if you don't reprioritize again what's important, you will live this forever and ever. Verse seven, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Again, this scripture, give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. And what Haggai's doing is giving a word. The people had begun to come back and what they were doing is they were going, look, we're, our city's in ruins here. We didn't have walls. We don't have houses. We don't have anything. We've been in exile for so long. We want to rebuild things that make us feel safe and secure. And the word of the Lord through the prophet Haggai is you're rebuilding your houses and my house, the house of God, lies in ruins. And so Haggai is giving them a vision. And this vision is this rebuilding of the temple, to reset that at the center. But here's the deal. The building of that temple was going to take years and years and years. And yet, even though that was a building that was going to take years, they had to reset their priorities on that path. And you know, if you've been around this church for a while, you know that we have a 100-year vision but if we don't set our priorities straight, it won't matter if we have a 1,000-year vision. We will find ourselves dressing ourselves and still being cold. We will find ourselves with everything that we gather dropping into purses that are filled with holes if we don't have our priorities set in the way that the Spirit of the Lord calls us. We want to return. We want to rebuild. We want to get our old lives back. But God began to speak through Haggai to redirect the people in their return, to help them see what was really important, to see their real priorities because there was a process that was coming. See, before the temple could even be rebuilt, the foundations of the temple had to be laid. And there was years of work to be ahead. See, the foundations of the temple had yet to be laid. And again, in this time, let me tell you one of the things that we've been sensing as a team and as a family that helps lead this community of faith. We've been sensing again that one of the things that has, we, we have lost over this time, one of the things that has been painful and we've watched go is we've lost some of our foundations. There have been times when we're so hungry for a return and so hungry for comfort that we forget that that's not what we're chasing. And we're feeling that it's time to start relaying those foundations. 
And then listen, in the weeks ahead, I'm gonna begin talking about that next week, but in the weeks and months, and friends, let me tell you, I believe it's years ahead, we're gonna relay some foundations. Because my greatest fear, and let me tell you, I know I share this fear with our senior pastors, Janet and Neil, and with the rest of our team here, is that we could build an amazing church and miss the kingdom. We could build an incredible community of people who love one another and sing at the top of their lungs and hug each other and are wonderful and we could miss the presence of Jesus. And let me tell you right now, there is one priority for us as a people. Our priority is his presence. Everything else is secondary to that one thing. Nothing else matters like that. Nothing else matters. And so in this time of return and rebuild, as these people return and rebuild, God helps them see what the priorities are. And then as we return to Ezra, and this is, begin before the word of Haggai, but this is the word that begins to reset the people on the journey. And here you can read the story. It's in Ezra chapter three, one and two. When the seventh month came, and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua the son of Josadak and his fellow priests and Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltal and his associates, begin to build the altar of God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. See, before the foundations even can be laid, the altar must be built. Before we can rebuild any foundations in our lives, in this church, in our community, in our city, we've gotta build an altar again. And let me tell you the thing about um, the altar there, the first thing they reestablished in that city of rubble, that city of ruins, was the altar. It was the platform on which everything was offered and surrendered again fully to the Lord. Before the walls were strengthened, before the walls were finished and built, before their houses were finished, the altar was established. Even before the temple's foundations were laid, the altar was established again because the priority is his presence. And right now, I don't know about you, but let me tell you what my head is filled with. My head is filled with how do I get my business back on its feet? How do I get my office back the way I want it? How do I get to like have a life again? How can I go out to a restaurant? Who will cut my hair? <laughs> and as I have agonized over this word, let me tell you what I felt again. I felt again and again Jesus saying, the priority is my presence. The priority is my presence. Build an altar. We can very quickly start building the things that make us feel safe and comfortable again. We might even lay foundations, but if we don't build an altar and surrender it all once again, what if the Lord isn't trying to help us return to our old lives, but is trying to help us and usher us into a new life? What if returning to our old lives isn't the dream right now? And what if the only place we find that is when we surrender it all again on the altar? Everything I had before, I gotta lay it down again. See, what the people used to do is they would build an altar and they did this over and over and at key moments in their history, at core moments, what they did is they would stack these stones and build an altar. And it would serve as a memory point, but it would also serve as a sign again that as a people, there was nothing they needed more than his presence. And every time that they went away from the altar of his presence, they got off track. They built a giant gilded kingdom and then threw it away because they thought it was about that instead of his presence. That's why they ended up in exile in the first place. And even in this story, the sad thing is is that even after they finish this temple and everything, they try to fill it with religion. We end up with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots. 
the Essenes, these religious groups that try somehow to fill the gap that they can only fill with his presence. And the only way his presence comes is when Jesus himself comes again. The priority is his presence. Now let me tell you, I like building. I really like building. I like building like, going to B&Q is one of my favorite things in the world. Sometimes when I go to America, I visit DIY shops just because. Tori's like, honey, let's go look at some tourist attractions. And I'm like, there's a Home Depot right here. I'm attracted. Because I like to build. And there's a kind of building that I like. I'm gonna be real straight with you. The kind of building I like is power tools. I like power tools. I like it when I come in and I'm ready to go. I've got my DeWalt miter saw. I've got my Festool dust extraction system. I prepare myself. I make myself comfortable. I get ready to do the kind of building that I'm comfortable with. Because brother, this is what I like right here. Who's ready? Yeah, oh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Right now, Janet did not know this was happening. Neil, right now, is at home watching this online going, what in heaven's name is going on? <laughs> Neil Young. <laughs> I got you, baby. I got you. I got you. See, then once I'm ready, I can prepare myself. I can protect myself. See, I've got my dust extraction system. I don't even have to make a mess. Put on my gloves, my fingerless gloves, so I can hold the tools perfectly. <laughs> See, I'm protected. I'm comfortable. Right now is actually one of the most comfortable moments I've ever felt on this stage. <laughs> I wish actually this was the show I did every Sunday, this old house. <laughs> then I come over. I'm ready now. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I just need to get a piece of wood. Let me see if I can find something. No, just kidding, I'm just kidding. Doesn't matter, I can't hear you anyway. And I did bring a piece of wood, I will tell you, okay? And see, so here's what I do. I'm ready now, so I've got my, my protection on, I've got all my tools, I can make my marks, I know what I wanna do here. I'm just gonna set myself up for the kind of work that I like to do, the sort of thing that I enjoy. I make my marks, I measure it. It doesn't cost me much because it's all been placed in place for me. I don't have to make a big sacrifice. Then I take my wood, I place it in. Look at this, I'm completely safe. My wife asked me, honey, can you do this without cutting off your finger? And I went, I don't know. Never done it before. When I turn on the saw, check this out, the Hoover comes on automatically. And then I can make my cut. Look at that. Perfect, absolute perfection, like an Amish builder. You see what I'm talking about? Look at that. This is the kind of building I like to do. I like this. It doesn't take much effort from me, it's clean. You see that? I just saw it on the church stage. Looking at you, Neil Young. <laughs> but the problem is that actually right now a different kind of building is needed, isn't it? See, the reality is, is this is the kind of building we all want to do. We want to put on all our protective gear, shield ourselves, 
take all those insecurities and fears that we have been cosseting in our lives for the past year and cover them all up. Get out our base tools and rebuild our shiny lives just right back to what we had before. We want to defend ourselves with ear defenders and eye goggles and we want to get back everything that we had before. But here's the problem. We can have everything returned to just as it was before. But friends, if we do not build altars with Jesus at the center in our lives, what we're going to do is we're going to build lives that put on clothes but still find themselves cold. We're going to plant and never harvest. We'll take our wages and put them into purses that are filled with holes. Because maybe, maybe right now a different kind of building is required. Maybe it's the kind of building that's a lot messier, a lot more painful. One that takes a lot more effort. One that means that we have to go back to these wheelbarrows that we've filled with our insecurities and our pain over this time. And we start the hard, messy work of one by one surrendering those things again. Building an altar. Because all the shiny work won't matter one bit if we don't have an altar of surrender built again in our lives. It won't matter if we get church right back to the way it was if there's not an altar of his presence, our priority at the center. It won't matter. It won't matter if we become the most powerful, biggest church in Ireland or in Europe. None of it will matter if we don't have our priority as his presence and we don't build an altar again of everything in our lives. It won't matter if our businesses return and our families all get and our schools all go back to work if we haven't built an altar for his presence in our lives because everything else comes from this place. And this work is painful and it's dangerous and it costs us everything and it's vulnerable and it's dirty. It's hard. So we empty all the heavy things that we've carried over these days and we just go, all these things that I thought would make me feel safe, none of it. None of it matters like your presence, Jesus. None of it does. None of it, not one bit of this is as valuable to me as your presence. It's costly. It's vulnerable. And it's painful. It's not always scientific. But if we don't build an altar in our lives again, then it won't matter what else we build. If we don't build an altar for his presence, if we don't make his presence our priority again, it won't matter what else we build. can't measure this one. I 
can't clean it up. I can't make it easier. It's hard to do. This is the sort of building we have to do right now. It won't matter if we rebuild everything around us, all the comforts, all the security, if we don't build altars again in our lives and say, here is where I lay it down. My old life, I want it back, I do. But I'm laying it down again. I want my business back, I do. But it's yours, Jesus. I want church back the way that I like it but it's yours. I want this town to feel like it did before, but it's yours, Jesus, it's back on the altar. My finance is back on the altar. The dreams that I was dreaming in 2019, they're back on the altar again, Jesus. The things I wanted for my children, for my wife, for my family, it's all back on the altar again. All my insecurities back on the altar. All my fears back on the altar. All my hopes, all my investment, everything back on the altar. And it's all about you. My priority has to be your presence. And this morning I just feel that right now as we're returning and rebuilding, he's calling us to build the right way. A different kind of building is demanded. If you can, why don't you join me on your knees? I know it's a lot to ask. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Benny, can you come? building an altar upon which we get to lay down our lives again for the sake of his kingdom. We take our preferences and our personal security, all that stuff, and we set it aside and set it on the altar again to bring an offering to you, Lord Jesus. We lose our lives here at the altar again in absolute surrender in order to find our lives in your kingdom. And guys, the altar that we're building in our hearts, it's not in this building, it's in our hearts and it's in our lives. It's absolute surrender of our hearts again. The priority of his presence. Let me read this to you from Romans 12. Here's what I want you to do and God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. So this morning, Lord Jesus, we lay it all down again. Maybe just where you are right now on your knees. Just one by one, begin to lay down the things. If you're at home, just one by one, let's begin to build an altar again in our lives. Your insecurities, your fears, your hopes and your dreams. 
our old lives. What if we as a people left our old lives at this altar and walked up and walked away into a new life? What if the thing we want so much to return to is something that could keep us from what he's bringing in the days ahead? Then let's lay it down here again at the altar. So Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We lay it down again. We lay it down in our our personal lives. We lay it down here as a church, as a community. We lay it down for our city again. We lay it down for our businesses and our schools and 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 all the things that we have held on to so tightly. We lay them all down here again and we say our priority is your presence. Our priority is your presence. If you don't go with us, then we don't wanna go. And we build an altar again to you, Jesus. Our lives, hearts, our future, our everything absolutely surrendered once again before you, Lord Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. Today, if you don't know Jesus, the way you begin is by recognizing it's absolute surrender. It's so simple, it's a simple thing you can pray. You can say, Lord Jesus, I do surrender all. I'm sorry for what I lived before, but here today at this place, I give it all to you. Would you come and with your your, your death and your resurrection life, take my life, all of it. I surrender it all to you. And you can begin a journey of surrender. We mark these moments of surrender, but our journey is always surrender. Today is a moment we're marking, but the journey ahead is absolute surrender. So Holy Spirit, come. We surrender all once again. Why don't we just take a moment, whether you're at home or you're here in this room, and let's just begin to whisper our surrender to him. Our priority is your presence, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. going to close. We're going to close in a minute. Jenny and Joel are going to come, but we're going to close the meeting, but we're just opening the door surrender. That door's never closing. We all have an equal opportunity to lay down our whole lives. So may the Lord of peace, the light of Jesus, the resurrection love of a Savior meet you in this place of surrender. We never want to go back to what was before. We want whatever you have ahead, Lord Jesus, in your name. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at CosmicCoastVineyard.com.